Hello and welcome to an awful lot of randomly unofficial official Doctor Who podcast. Woo! I am Jack, one part of your hosting team. I'm a teacher, a massive Doctor Who fan, the uber fan of our duo. And joining me today, the Carvanista to my Dan, <laughs> my own Lupari warrior himself, its only published author, Robin Fell. I love that description right there because I. I really love the hell out of the Lupari from Flux. They're great. I think they're brilliant. <laughs> oh yeah, they were great. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's going to be a topic for later. Yeah, and we are talking hard. today all about the most recent series of Doctor Who, that being Series Thirteen, or as you know, as it is actually called, Doctor Who Flux. Ooh, uh, it's... so right off, right off the bat, there, mate. Thoughts. Did you enjoy Flux? Yes, I enjoyed Flux a whole lot. Mm, same, same. I I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I thought it's been some of the best recent Doctor Who we've had, which, which, yeah, considering we've had seasons 11 and 12, it's not exactly hard to beat. But I mean, it's just as a storytelling standard for the most part and as a visual standard like oh my god the visuals for this superb absolutely just as the series went on it just got very what's the word i'm looking for bloated (laughs) is what i'm thinking of in its story which i'm sure we'll cover as we're discussing flux this week i'm sure we will yeah you know what the flux is going on uh, which is something which I said quite a lot, especially in the final episode. But we'll get to it. We get to it you know. <laughs> and before we do get to our main talk, that being our discussion of Doctor Who Flux, uh, I wanted to have a very quick uh, tribute segment to uh, someone in the Doctor Who community that we have uh, actually lost just today. Oh, that man. that being Chris Akelios, uh, a painter and amazing artist who created the covers for many of the Doctor Who target range back in the day. I'm looking now at just some of his most amazing work, that being things like uh, this really iconic William Hartnell one for Doctor and the Daleks. Yeah, plenty of other amazing ones as well. And I think it's a very short illness. uh, So raising a glass now to you, Chris. Thank you so much for all your amazing work. If people wanted to support him and his estate, there's a fantastic Doctor Who book called uh clack which is uh which is spelt double k l a k with an ex- exclamation mark which is the doctor who uh, doctor who art of chris Akale- or chris Akaleos, um which is just a brilliant book and that sound effect uh is famously from one of his uh brilliant uh target novel uh paintings uh, off the front of the cover which i believe is doctor who in the Invasion of the Dinosaurs, where it has that cla- that iconic clack across it, and it's just really cool sound effect. But yeah, his uh, his art is just beautiful, and it's an absolute shame to to 
you know, to be saying goodbye to him today, really. So, yeah, absolute loss for the community today. So, definitely. Yeah. Um, on a more positive note, Robin, um, we've not done this for a little while because we had some guests and we've had a bit of stuff and we have very bloated episodes ourselves. You've been up to anything much recently? Um, I have actually, mate. Um, I've taken a bit of time to myself to unwind, enjoy the preparation for the Christmas holidays, which I cannot wait for. Me and my missus are super excited. It's our first Christmas and now in place together. Um, leading up to Christmas, we've got our tickets booked for the new Spider-Man movie, which I, like a kid, count down the days for. It, I know. It, it's oh literally, it goes days to Spider-Man and then days to Christmas in this household. <laughs> <laughs> We're the same. We can't see it open. At, I, I, I think you're going open at night, aren't you? If, I, uh, if I'm correct. Or is it opening yeah. day? It's... It's going to start at like 10 p.m. at night, but I don't care because I've just been dying to see that. Oh, I, from, from was it the 15th? It's out over here, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Screw, screw you Americans that ruined Venom for me. Uh, <laughs> mm. um, or, you know, I won't be able to watch it until Sunday, which is the 19th, I believe. So I am going to be literally off the internet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is which is going to be crazy considering how I pretty much live my life on Twitter at the minute. So uh, unless I find a way to mute the words like Spider Man, No Way Home, and all the other terms related to it, I will not be on the internet. So yeah, uh, mate, I've been doing that. I've been watching uh, Stone Ocean, which has come out on Netflix, which has kicked so much ass. Is that like, a JoJo reference? Damn straight. Like, ah, uh, it's. I know a lot of people are kind of meh on part six, but it's so well animated. And I just binge watched those first 12 episodes in a day. Um, other than all that, mate, today, in fact, I actually got past my writer's block and figured out a way to finish my second book. <gasps> so that's that, well, that's the best news I've had all day. That oh, is brilliant, thanks, man. Mate. That is, I'm so happy because I know you've been struggling with that for a while, and it's, it's difficult. So I've I've not wanted to talk to you about it because it's like, oh, I, I you know, I'm not a writer and I can't, you know, I can think up kind of shitty ideas, but you know, it's you know, no, I, no way. But yeah, no, honestly, you know, I'm so I'm so happy for you, man. That you, you know, that's 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 amazing. No, I I was really happy with the amount of work that I got today, and. Even though the first draft isn't complete per se, I at least now have gotten to that point where I feel confident that I can finish that first draft. Mm -hmm. And hopefully next year I can actually finish it, maybe get it out. That's the New Year's resolution, but um, we shall see. But how about you, mate? <laughs> well, can I ask before we get on to what I've been doing recently, was it like a eureka moment was it like you know like you're you're like you're washing dishes in the sink and then you were just like you dropped a plate on the floor and you're like oh, i was right <laughs> I, I just had a brave brainwave um <laughs> i'm i'm trying Great to think Scott. i no I, I wasn't putting up a clock and i fell off the toilet seat and that gave it me um no i i'm trying to think now what it was that kind of got me this idea i just i think and this is something that i was really advised as a writer is sometimes you just cannot force yourself to write some days or just some weeks months you are just going to get to that point where you do not know 
how to resolve something mm -hmm. and I think I spent so much time stressing over it that I just needed that time to relax um taking some other creative um outlets through playing new games and watching a ton of Netflix and in fact I tell you something that really inspired me to get back into my writing I've also been watching Super Crooks which has just come out on Netflix. Oh yeah, it's I, I've seen that. It's the Mark Millar uh, series, isn't it? Mm. It's like it's like an anime kind of show, isn't it? Like, which is kind of cool, you know. It's it's wonderfully animated, and the English dub is brilliant. But when it got to the actual heist, I was so disappointed by it. Oh, that's a shame. And considering I never heard of this book, um, into I almost like got three fourths through my own book which is a very similar premise um which i was like oh okay it's interesting to see how they did it and it kind of inspired me to get back to my book and be like you know oh, it's good to see other interpretations of this type of story mm -hmm. this type of mm -hmm. format but it's also made me go i didn't like that and and it's kind of i've taken what i didn't like and put that into my book as a ways of how i do things differently mm -hmm. um so that that's kind of what did it mate but thank you for asking <laughs> no no like i say it's you know i've uh i know you've been struggling with it for a little while and i'm I'm really happy i'm really really happy to know that you got an idea and uh, to be honest i can't wait to read it there's a what i have to say there you know <laughs> uh fingers crossed next year mate fingers crossed yeah fingers crossed 2022 that's gonna be a year you know you're gonna rejoin twitter you're gonna plug your books and <laughs> mate i've really got to because i'm just gonna be shooting myself in the foot if i don't oh yeah totally um, no. um in terms of me i have obviously been enjoying dr who flux on the on the on the reg on the weekly you know regular as they say um my wife and I have watched, have gotten into Ted Lasso, which is an Apple TV show, which is just, just brilliant, just absolutely brilliant, you know. Yeah. Just really heartfelt, really lovely show. Um, I've been listening to an awful lot of Big Finish, uh, as I do, you know. I'm currently making my way through classic Doctor's New Monsters, Ooh. which is a box that they did a few years ago, which I just didn't get around to. But let me give you the premise, sir, Robin. Oh yeah, please. I mean, I mean, you kind of get the premise by what it is in the, by the name, <laughs> but it's classic Doctors facing new Who monsters. So the first story is a Fifth Doctor versus the Weeping Angel story. Oh, that's so good! Which is a lot of fun. The second story, which I'm just towards the end of now, is a Sixth Doctor and a Jad and Jadoon story, where <laughs> the where the Sixth Doctor has to defend a. A Jadoon officer in, in in a court of law, which is just awesome. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. Do, do we get do we get a Felix White reference? Oh no, unfortunately. Uh... <laughs> At least there's not, not not been so far. Um, uh, I've not got to it yet. But the seventh Doctor one, I believe, is a seventh Doctor. Sorry, a seventh Doctor and Sycorax story, which. I'm all for Sycorax being the villain in because I could see you were like Sycorax being the villain in the Christmas invasion. Do you remember? Yeah. Uh, no, I because I was just trying to think how would that work with that kind of dynamic. Yeah. Uh, and then finally the eighth doctor story in it is a eighth doctor versus the new who version of the Sontarans. I mean the original new who version of the Sontarans, <laughs> not the Doctor Who Flux version. So yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I was, so I was about to say something like, no, 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 we're, we're going to go into that discussion later on. So. Yeah, is that right? I've also been reading, uh, trying to get into the flavour of uh, Christmas. You know, I love Do- I love Christmas. I love Doctor Who. So I like to get into stuff which uh, sort of combines those two things. Um, so I have got 12 Doctors of Christmas on my shelf somewhere. I've also got 12 Angels Weeping, which is a great compendium of short stories <laughs> as well about Christmas. But I picked up last year's release being The Wintertime Paradox by Dave Rudden, which is 12 festive tales on tin- of tinsel and time lords, which is just great. And uh, I've been ma- making my way through this, and it is a lot of fun, which is some great, awesome stories in it. And I wanted to actually read a little part of just the introduction, which Dave Rudden writes, because it's everything I believe about Doctor Who. Oh, please, you know, please. It's uh, in that, you know, you, you can probably, you know, my mic is picking up the pages wrestling, but it's fine. Okay, so uh, in the introduction here, he says that Doctor Who is a show about, well, that's kind of a moving target. Uh, oh, generalities are easy. It's a show about a time traveller. That's certainly true. But there are lots of shows about time travellers. We'll need to be more specific. What about genre? Okay, that's easier. It's science fiction, isn't it? Well, yes, except for when it's horror, obviously, or comedy, or drama, or fantasy, all of the all of the above at the same time. Doctor Who changes genre with all the wit and charisma and a sleight of hand, or a magician changing cards until you can't help but be swept along with the trick. Which is everything I believe about Doctor Who. It's like I've spoken before about Doctor Who being a prism, where you shine a light for it and you can tell all these different yeah, stories. Yeah. It's yeah, it's, it's exactly what I believe. And he goes on to talk about as well how there's no such thing as fan fiction because this because it all is it is all canon, you know. So it's, again, everything I believe as well. It's just really lovely, great guy, really great. I'd love to see him do a TV story. So that's a wonderful description and our our little story time with Jack quite there, there, folks. You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, if you. Uh, if you want more story time with Jack, please check out a future episode of Brute Cannon, uh, where I will appear reading a little something which Davis sent me, which is one of the weirdest uh, Doctor Who things I've ever heard of, and that's all I will say. So, ah, uh, talk about a good segue right there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but I will come back to something about the Wintertime Paradox when we get to do our Cannon Buster and the at the end of the episode. Oh, does that mean we get to start this episode with our juicy topic? Oh, let's get into Doctor Who Blux. Ooh, I've. This is going to be a really interesting one because I've tried to avoid people's opinions online of the series. I've been trying to just make it my own thoughts. I've tried not to have like people try and bash it online whether they don't like it whether they love it i i don't know if you've been reading up on the community's thoughts um, a little bit. yep okay um right um oh let me catch up because again oh, is that a box of worms right lovely, there? <laughs> lovely 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 uh lovely listeners will remember that robin is not on twitter so um <laughs> he is immune to and has no concept of the twitter drama that will often happen in the Doctor Who community. <laughs> oh, I, I feel like um, I need a box of popcorn for this right here. How Just... should I describe this? Well, we were, I think things were all right through, you know, you, you still had the, you know, the, the NMDs and the Jody bots and people in between getting thing. 
nothing too bad. With the final episode, there has sort of been a sort of explosion of people being, you know, having quite valid criticisms and then being bombarded by people that love the episode. Mm-hmm. And then people that love the episode being then bombarded by people that have mega critical things as well. So it's very much yeah, it's been a bit of a battlefield. Uh, luckily, you know, I'm very unknown on Twitter, so when I put stuff up, no one's really giving a shit. So, uh, <laughs> you know, that's the wonder thing about, you know, anonymity, really, is that you can say what you want. So, yeah. I tell you what, Jack, you're really selling me on Twitter right here. You're trying to get me back <laughs> off of my books. Well, um, no, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, to be fair, I always try and go forward with, if I ever do discuss it with someone, you know, if they're arguing genuine facts then yes i will you know i'll go against them with the act with you know what i consider to be the actual facts so i'm, I'm trying sure, to back sure. that up when you're talking about something like a doctor episode where you know it's art you know doctor in it in its it is art isn't it you know and art mm. is subjective then it's opinionated isn't it so yeah. i can't go to you and say oh or think that 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 dalek is a really shit episode and it is a shit episode how dare you say dalek is a really good episode i can't go and do that i could say you know or even for a better example i could say robin i i respect your opinion about dinosaurs on a spaceship <laughs> now, to be fair now that i've got um iplayer i'm actually planning to rewatch that episode and if i don't like it i will do a public apology on this podcast <laughs> saying how much it, I regret saying that. I, I think, I think, I think but we should if do... I love it, then <laughs> I'm going to defend it. I think we should, we should do a commentary track for it. And that would be just hilarious. <laughs> you know, just a, well, just a, just, just a comedy riff track on it. Yeah. Me just slowly descended. Into, it's still good. It's still good. It's like, well, it's it's awful. Just accept it. I know. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you you referenced the. It's still good. It's still good. Almost every episode, and I love it because it's so true for a lot of stuff. You know, <laughs> I felt I felt it a lot with the last episode of Doctor Who Flux. Anywho, oh, yeah. let's yes. let's let's move on. Okay, so thirty um, first of October. Uh, you didn't watch Flux as it first aired. You've caught up yeah, as, yeah. you know, maybe a couple of days after, but you have, it's been lovely to be able to actually be like, oh my goodness, I can talk about new Doctor Who with Robin <laughs> now, you know? <laughs> so uh, you, they... you finished, you finished series 12. We did a podcast yes. on that. Then you finished um, uh, Revolution of the Daleks, which uh, I'm not a big fan of Revolution of the Daleks personally. And that's and that's not just because it's got John Barham in it. So <laughs> it's yeah, it's it, it's it's all right. Like yeah. it's I I had a lot of a lot of issues with it, but, but you know we, that's not get into that now because let's not focus on something negative when we want to talk positives. Yeah, yeah. No, I I, I my 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 thoughts and my notes are on flux right now. So revelation of the dialects are just kind of. To the side right now. Well, not not revelation, revolution of the Daleks. Revelation of the Daleks. I think it's like a. I want to say that's a sixth Doctor story, but <laughs> oh wow. You know, um, I mean, I mean, maybe that'd be more to talk about that. But yeah, no. So the first episode was the Halloween apocalypse, and it just happened. Mm. So to air on Halloween, it's almost like they planned that. Well, yes, yes, <laughs> and it was really good, really solid first episode with them just 
introducing a new companion, these new awesome threats, this kind of new serialized telling of the story. Like, I d- how, how shall we do this, mate? Shall we just go for it for just bit by bit, or should we just? Yeah, I think let's just let's just pick it? apart the episodes as we go through, shall we? So yeah, Halloween Apocalypse. Um, like you say, it's this series in itself. Um, was very much the most classic feeling se- series of new, you know, a revived Doctor Who in it being a serial format. Um, it still felt very new here at the same time as well because you had sort of like a 45 minute episode, but it just went into a larger plot, which I, you know, I appreciated. I thought it was great. I'm all for them playing with the format and messing things around with it. You know, I'd love to see them do an actual like few serials for a series like you used to back in the day like I even said uh, like i said on the last episode i'd love to see him do it how they did old doctor who where they like rehearsed a play basically and then they just did the episode in the you know like that i'd love to see them try that just for an episode you know if, if they could do that and include the whole focus the camera on someone's back for the transition like it'd be a very obvious transition and then carry on that'd be so good just like wouldn't it just be so cool yeah uh but yeah no i went into flux very optimistic very hopeful people will know that wasn't a big fan of of 11 and 12 wasn't a big fan of them you know personally there were some episodes which i thought were great really stood out but then then but then for the most part i was very disappointed and particularly with the ending of series 12 but We'll come to the time with children later, won't we? Basically, Ugh. okay. So, so Halloween Apocalypse, loved it, absolutely loved it, mm. absolutely loved it. There were so many great things, like so many little references to previous Doctor Who. I thought it set up the plot so perfectly. All the little subplots, all the little things I thought were great. The flux coming through was terrifying. Mm. You know, swarm and azure. Well, we didn't see much of his year in that first episode, but Swarm instantly made a massive impression. Swarm is great. Swarm is just such kind of charisma and that voice that he gives off, that kind of body language. It's It was just so refreshing to have this new villain that was just so interesting straight away and you just wanted to know more about them just like that. Mm, totally. And then how in that first part we see him, he's chained up in what? We looks to be could have been like a division like holding cell facility mm. thing out there. And then he goes through like a kind of regeneration, which is really strange. Which is would have been nice if they'd uh gone more into that instant to what the heck went on there, but still I, you know. To start a drinking game, folks, for every time we say it would have been nice if they'd gone into more detail with that. Yeah, but, but okay. <laughs> Episode starts straight away. We get two Seventh Doctor references. So, as a massive Seventh Doctor fan, I was so happy. You know, they talk about um, Nitro Nine, which was you know oh, obviously yeah. made by Ace back in the day. They have the Doctor with a handcastle, which I thought was so that was such a funny scene and so great. With you know, with uh, Thirteen and Yaz flying along there, you know, with on the on the you know on the you know the sort of the broomstick sort of thing like you know the flying along there and like you know oh when i set these i think i, I must have been scottish and then <laughs> and then if you read the subtitle on it it actually says when jd whittaker tries it both times in the scottish accent it says 12th doctor's voice and then 7th doctor's voice and i was like yeah 
Yeah. yeah, that's so cool. Oh, it was such a brilliant opening. I think you messaged me afterwards to say that that beginning just got you into Jodie Whittaker's Doctor like straight away. Yeah, it really did. This series really sold, finally really sold me on it. I love Jodie. Yeah, I just, brilliant. I loved Jodie like from the beginning. I really thought she was fantastic. I just didn't think she had the material. I didn't feel like she felt like it's difficult because I don't because it's not really the case. But it's like, in my opinion, she didn't feel like she had that defining Doctor moment where I was like, okay, she is. She's a doctor now. She didn't have that end of eleven of the eleventh uh, hour, where you know she didn't have that. You know, like you know, uh, you know the battle with the Sycorax, or you know, and it's like you know, no second chances. That's sort of man I am. Uh, it's very much in season eleven and twelve. She never had that kind of big speech, that memorable thing that we as fans can latch onto. I feel like every doctor has had like that moment. Mm. which has been brilliant. And I think Jodie's great. I think she does a wonderful performance. And I think Flux finally gave her a lot of material to work with. Mm. And oh, she's just been a joy throughout Flux. She really oh, absolutely. Just amazing. And so then, so at that point then, 13 and Yaz crash into the TARDIS. And there's the, they, they land on the double mattress in there and i could just hear all the thasmin shippers like ah! <laughs> like i could just i could just hear which was, I was just like oh that's great i love and, and to be fair, i'm kind of i'm kind of for it now i'm like yeah go for it go on let it happen you know because you know there's sort of some big hints that it could happen uh in later episodes yeah yeah there is um uh, yeah which i'm i'm there for i'm there for it you know genuinely you know um we then meet dan played by Played by oh god um oh, oh god I've forgotten his name I feel terrible I hang on to the internet John Bishop it's John Bishop isn't it Thank you yes <laughs> so, oh my god I can't believe I have a proper brain fart there yeah we then meet down played by John Bishop who instantly I fell in love with I was like oh my god I I already I'm like I'm loving Yaz in this episode so far. I'm, mm. I'm there for Yaz. And then we meet the new companion. And I'm like, oh my God, I love this guy as well. He's there talking about, you know, what's the point of, you know, being alive unless you're helping people or making people happy. He then goes and works at a food bank. Doesn't yeah. take any food for himself, despite obviously, you know, um, needing that food or bad. being in yeah. a financial, you know, situation. And I was like, this guy is just the best. This guy is amazing. I, I loved him straight away. Like he was clearly kind of people, had his comedic moments. And then they did the thing of show the audience to sympathize with him by putting him in these relatable situations. And I thought, yeah, perfect. He's not just like some super amazing companion that can just do everything. No, they are a real human being with these proper issues. And oh, yeah. I love Dan straight away. I, Oh, he's been so great to have after I felt Ryan and Graham, while I like the actors, I just felt that they were never given the material for that when they left Doctor Who. I was just, oh, bye guys. You know, mm -hmm. I just, I didn't care. But with Dan, when Dan leaves, I am going to care because I instantly really like him. Oh yeah, totally. And it's, you know, I, I just, like I said, I thought it was fantastic. 
he goes home. We have that funny little scene where the critical creatures, trick or treaters, come, and there's the guy that comes. And, oh, goes, yeah. and, and I was like, oh my god, I'm actually, I'm genuinely laughing at a Chibnall episode right now. Like, I thought it was really funny. Like the guy, like trick or treat, and he's like, what? You're even dressed up. You're not a kid. He's like. I mean, oh, you know, don't don't throw, and don't throw eggs in my house. Like I was like instantly got. Like there are some really funny moments in this series that act oh, genuinely yeah. had me laughing. You know, whether it just be little lines or just little awesome moments. Like, uh, no, no, I, I have to save it for episode two because there's just an image in episode two that I just love. Oh then. yeah, I I episode two i loved absolutely well i loved a lot of these episodes i loved yeah, i loved yeah. i loved four out of six i loved four out of six with no issues whatsoever okay mm. um something funny's going on in the tardis apparently yeah like it was weird because they kind of brought up that black fluid and does that fully get explained it went nowhere it currently so <laughs> take another shot yeah. um <laughs> uh, yeah Currently, it went nowhere. But again, we have, you know, I, I find I find it difficult criticizing them for that because it's like it could be that they're addressed that that sort of stuff and these little things are addressed in those final three episodes that we're going to get, like you know, the three specials. So hmm. we'll see. You know, I mean, no, I don't know, and, and to be fair, like, I don't mind that visual because at the end of the day, seeing the TARDIS like that and seeing the TARDIS morphed and reshaped to take this safety net this home which yeah. we always know that if you're in the TARDIS you're safe and to take that from the Doctor and the companions that is a great way of making us the audience oh, so I, lo- I loved in that first episode as well how you had the 13th Doctor running around bashing the TARDIS with the mallet like like the 10th <laughs> Doctor's or 9th Doctor's mallet like and I was like oh yeah I kind of like you know and they, they, they didn't make a big thing out it was just like it happened it was really cool um Dan's at home we are introduced to probably one of my favorite like supporting characters in Doctor Who now ah uh, Carbon that being oh walking carpet dog man basically Chewbacca that can speak it's <laughs> Carbon Easter. And folks, if you want to get your significant other into Doctor Who, just tell them that they can have that dog that they've always been asking for. There's a dog that's been just allocated to every single human being out there. And they're just oh my right God. there waiting for you. And it, it's so, <laughs> but my question is, where the where the hell were the Lupari when like the Daleks were invading? When the Cybermen <laughs> came through, like, oh, why? Why was it? You know, I guess maybe it's just that the flux was such a massive universe-ending thing that you know. But it does bring questions, you know. But I, I, I love that how everyone on Earth has a Lupari companion <laughs> assigned to them. I'm just like, oh, one day will mine come through? <laughs> It's like, can, can I just be a good retriever? Like, are they all different breeds? Like, that's what I want to know. And it's oh, like, oh, I need oh. to know more about the Lupari. <laughs> I'm waiting for that broke cannon, Davis. Give me the Lupari broke cannon, please. Like, it's it's are there like corgi ones and like much shorter than the others? <laughs> oh, they're sausage dog ones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, Carvin Easter comes in. Who instantly you have a dog man talking with a northern accent. 
as well. You got me. You've you've got me. Like I'm like this is so cool. And if people are sat there thinking, oh, he's a he's a dog man. How can he have a northern accent? Well, every planet has a north. North, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just absolutely instantly love Carvin Easter. You know, really loved. Uh, I really loved that when when um thirteen and ja- and uh, Yasmin landed on his ship and infiltrated there i loved the way 13 just snuck her way into that scene with him where she just had her arms behind her back and just like you know you're right (laughs) sort of thing he's like oh not you again (laughs) and that's you know yeah i thought that was a really strong episode you know that ending with you know the doctor smashing over the tardis console to shoot out the time vortex like like all the way back in series one yeah, of, you yeah. Know? And I was like, oh my god, that's so cool. You know? Like that ending as well. Like I thought for the most part, nearly every single episode of the series left us on an absolute fantastic cliffhanger where yeah. you did not know what the hell is gonna happen next. And oh, just little things as well with a uh, um there are a lot of a lot of references in this, like a uh, observation outpost woes. Yeah, with a uh, vendor on board. Like, oh, vendor! Okay, oh, vendor! I, I see what you did there. Um... Oh, vendor, bless him! And then in that episode, we're introduced to the Sontarans again, which is great. I love, I love the Sontarans. I love the Potato Men. You know, <laughs> and we have you know the meeting there and talk about how the flux is coming, how they're gonna you know invade Earth now because of that, which is just great. I thought, you know, the Santarans were gr- the Santarans were great in this series. Really, really great. Mm, brilliant. Especially in the second episode. Love oh yeah. And uh yeah, um so all that goes down and then that episode ends there. We are then plunged into episode two, that being War of the Santarans. Which I'm saying now was my favourite of the six. Oh really? Outright okay. my favorite. Very close. Very close would be episode four. That yes, being Village yes. of the Angels. But I absolutely loved War of the Sontarans. It was a great self-contained episode as well. Like you could really watch that just on its own, and I think it would just have a fantastic story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's episode so it starts off so well, I think, from like you say, the cliffhanger itself seems so apocalyptic, so stone. It's revealed then that they're all okay, they're back in the Crimean War. Uh, we meet Mary Seacombe, which is great, you know. Russia is now called Sontar. <laughs> you know, which is just just because the Sontarans have invaded through time, which is something they do, you know. And, and can I just say that image of the Sontaran riding on the back of a horse? Like that is just oh, so, so awesome. good. And then and then he's just like, I just I wanted I wanted to ride a horse. Like yes. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I love it so much, you know. And I love how I love I love about that is how the doctor uses like her knowledge of Sontarans and the fact that the Sontarans know the doctor as their greatest enemy and goes, The doctor, he's here. Yeah, like, yeah. Because like they would never think that the doctor could be a woman. I mean, and Viva, I don't know if sometimes even had concept. Well, based on Strax, as as you know, seeing as he always called like Clara boy or something like that. <laughs> it's just you know, I I thought that was fantastic. You know, I thought Mary Seacombe, the actress that played her, was fantastic in it as well. 
you know mm. it was so great to have that because I think one of the strongest points of Chibnall's era has been the historical episodes. It was so great to have that in there, whereas a lot of the rest of the series is more um, either either present or future or yeah. high concept sci-fi, and I just thought that was fantastic. Really, really great. For me, past Doctor Who episodes are always my absolute favourites because I love seeing those historical episodes, and I love seeing okay, let's take history and now let's throw in a, a nasty alien or an awesome robot or something, like things like that. And this episode to have British soldiers fighting Sontarans with, again, the visuals in this series, absolutely oh, brilliant. And that battle, that was so awesome to watch. I oh, love that. So, so awesome to watch. And like so, to watch basically troops be decimated by Sontarans, who let's face it, in New Who, I love Russell, but they and Moffat, but they have become a bit of a joke, haven't they? Like they become yeah, like, yeah. just potato men, you know, they're all just Strax. And I love Strax. So, you know, I can't you know, I've gone on record before saying that I want Strax as a full time companion, you know? <laughs> and but it's great to see them and actually be like a credible threat in this series, which is really cool. And yeah. And I, I loved the I loved the exchange with that shot of the doctor when she shoots a sonic screwdriver in the air and has a finger in her ear is so iconic. It's beautiful, you know. And then you have the scene with her meeting with the Sontaran commander. And that was just great too. Like mm. there was so much in that episode. You know, you have Dan then fighting the Sontarans in modern day with Easter as well. <laughs> like <laughs> with a yeah! <laughs> <laughs> with a walk with his pair oh my god it was and i was just like punching the air so so brilliant you know and i just i honest to god i cannot wait for the for the dan carbon easter big finish box set that's gonna come out in five or six years yeah oh mate that'd be epic <laughs> like that'll be an instant buy for me genuinely that'll be instant buy right there i <sighs> just so much good stuff happens in this like not only is it great for action but we get some really great just acting moments of the Doctor, Mrs. Seiko, and um, that officer when they're talking and they all have their split opinions and differences when it comes to war and mm. what it's doing to them. Like, all of that is brilliant. And oh, just, just trying to think what else to really say Genuinely. about it. Um, obviously, we, at the same time, we have Yaz, a... La Yaz lands on Adrapoles. Uh when he have the and he have the uh the Mari, the um the the temple there. And you have Vinda who also appears there. And I'll be honest, when it first happened, I thought there was gonna be I thought they were gonna make a connection with Vinda and Yaz. I thought they were gonna be they were gonna be like, Oh, okay, you know, this is this is it now. Vinda's got the hearts for Yaz. But obviously that went nowhere. Just it was just a funny thing on the scene. And then I instantly went, oh, shit, when Swarm, Azure, and Passenger yeah. arrived. You know, obviously, we didn't, we didn't mention in episode one, Dan's potential girlfriend or love interest, uh, Diane, is picked up by Swarm, oh, Azure. yeah. Yeah, and we also like the Weeping Angel appearing in episode one, which when that yeah. happened, I knew nothing of the Weeping Angels being in it. 
So I was so excited when I saw that. Oh, that was so great. Didn't you, you know, it was so great. And all the way along, I was like, ah! And I loved how they set it up. We didn't even, yeah, we didn't even talk about Claire there, did we? You know, he was just fantastic in that episode and later when she comes back in the series as well. How, you know, she shows, she's like, doctor. And the doctor's like, um, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, who are you? And then Yaz is like, I hope you're right. You know, she goes off, yeah. And she's like, I'm going home the long way around. And I was like, ah! what's going on there? Because <laughs> mm. obviously, you know, home the long way around is, you know, that's a doc, that's a doctorism right there. But yeah. And then, and then they, yeah, that moment with the weeping angel is so good, you know, although I did, I did help her think, Oh, that, I was like, mm, I, I feel like I could have got in that, that, that door. <laughs> I was like, mm, you know, and I, and I always think, you know, I always think we're weeping angel. I'm always like, you know, I know you're not supposed to blink, but couldn't you wink at them? Can Couldn't you open you just, up one eye, close yeah, the other? Yeah, open one, close, open it up again, close the other. Like, couldn't you do that? Like, wouldn't that work? You know? But but then you wouldn't have an episode. So, yeah. If they did that and just blink, then it wouldn't be a very exciting episode. So, And to be fair, it sets up Village of the Angels, which is a, oh my God, such a good episode. So, you know, I can't, I can't begrudge them. It's fine. And just quickly going back to Swarm, like Swarm, and I always forget the name of the other one. It's Azir, uh, Azir. I always think it's Azir because I think, weirdly, I think of, do you remember Among Us from last year? Do you remember it? Oh, the game? Yeah. Yeah. I always think of, I always think of Cyan and then because it's a similar color to Azir, and I, always, <laughs> I always think, I always think Azir sus. So. <laughs> You, you try to be cool there with the kids there, Jack. Nah, you know, just, yeah, just you know. <laughs> oh, Jack, stop dabbing, okay? Just stop dabbing on the camera, okay? Oh we, you don't, you don't need to be cool. And oh god, now Jack's got it out with fidget spinners for the kids, you know. Yeah, you're making all the old references, man. Come on, come on, <laughs> dude. It's all about red light, green light at the minute because they're all watching Squid Game when they shouldn't be watching Squid Game. Are oh, you you're serious? The kids and your like. Mo let's move on. Uh, back to Doctor <laughs> Who. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, um, what I was saying was, again, such great intimidating threats that when they appear in the temple, and it's just Yaz, it's just Finda, you're just like, oh, shit. Like, these guys are just going to get, yeah. like... I, I like, love how he, in, how Swarm instantly gets in Yaz's head. Mm. You know, he's like, oh, you're looking down at your hand, what would the doctor do? Well, the doctor's not here is she and it's like oh my god and like when vinda's shooting the gun at him and he just disappears and reappears and he's just leaning up, leaning up against the wall and he's like just got his like you know with his leg up and i'm just like oh my god this guy is so suave i love him i mm. like i if there's one thing i love about a villain is when they can be suave and you're like oh my god it's so <laughs> that's it's like it's like it's like dragon ball it's like dragon ball z the broly you know movie you're like <laughs> so cool but so evil <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of so dumb you know uh you, you know i i will always have a soft spot for overacting villains who are big and expressive but then to have that villain who's very calm very collective 
very suave and very British, you know. You you, you gotta yeah. love those as well. And it's just it's kind like, of oh, refreshing to have swarm, that. Your swarm, your Loki showing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then he does chew the scenery as well, and it's so good when he does. Like mm. so amazing. Like, you know, he has a great line in the third episode when it's like, what do you want? And he's like to dine in or to reign in hell. hell. And it's yeah. like Oh, that's so good. <laughs> you know, uh, so I, then I episode... for another GBC a bridge reference service. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. You know, again, again, the only way it could have been better if he was like if they were like, what is like what what's a swarm? It means God. No bow. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so yeah, and then obviously that the that episode ends with uh the doctor uh you think you, you think Swarm is about to click his fingers and kill Yaz, you know, and Vinda. The doctor mm. then Mr. Tyler spoke about it on that episode we, when we had him on here. The literally the that episode is literally them trying to like stop like it's literally that episode um episode 3 being upon you know once upon time mm. is literally them having to react to and just just having to react to swarm. Like not an awful lot happens that episode. We have a lot of flashbacks and stuff which are great. But Anita, oh my gosh, I found some fantastic stuff, which we'll get to in a second. But it is, it's just them just literally just trying to stay alive. So so here's a quick question for you, Jack, because you've said that you've have rewatched the first four episodes. Mm-hmm. Does episode three hold up better on a second watch? Because the first time we watched it, there was a lot of exposition to go through. I, that going back to it, definitely, definitely. You know, I, the first time I enjoyed it, I didn't quite enjoy it as much as the first two episodes when I saw it. No, but I was like, oh, I liked it. I really liked, it. especially when you had the doctor there, and that, can I just say, Jodie Whittaker in the in the navy coat looks mm. so cool. Like, I think that's that's my favorite version of the thirteen costume. So it looks so cool and so like you know i love the gray but like the, the navy on it was so i was like oh, that is so cool i love yeah. it and i love how it it's like the tardis's color scheme as well mm. which i also really like but it's then like, it also it also denotes a more like a darker version of that doctor which is so cool and i loved how you know you had them flashing through their timelines and how it was an episode where it was 13 there but then it's revealed later on that it's actually the fugitive doctor Mm. and i was like yes i love joe martin as the fugitive yeah she's i love her and my only criticism is that when when they had like later on the scene when it was her and swarm how they were flicking between between her and jodie whittaker yeah. And I love Jody as well. But I was like, if you're gonna get Joe, let her do it. That I do wish that we got to see more of her because Fugitive Doctor is wonderfully played. And even though I'm not a fan of like the timeless children, I'm still really a fan of the character that she plays, like her mm-hmm her acting and i definitely want to see more of that like 
there's a lot to take in with that third episode, and I think I would like to rewatch it, mm. especially since it. I think so I think it, it on on a second viewing it held up a lot more because then you have obviously you know what's great about it as well it's you could tell it was a very it was a COVID safe episode because you had a smaller cast but them just playing more roles, you know, mm. which I thought was really cool. Like you know you had. Dan, it's revealed that Dan in the um, Doctor's flashback was actually Carvanista. Yeah, I forgot about that little thing. Yeah, which is cool. You know, we have Yaz's flashbacks and it's revealed that she's being pursued by a weeping angel. Oh, can I can I just say, Jack, didn't that video game she was playing look a lot like Resident Evil 4? <laughs> it did a bit, yeah. Did a bit, like, but I, I thought it could have just been the edge, the edge of time, you know, edge of reality game. And yeah, you know, I was like, oh my god, yeah. And oh, it's so. And obviously, you know, we know, and it's brought up again later that the image of an angel itself becomes an angel. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh no, oh no, oh no, 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 no. no. <laughs> you know, even the, you know, even the moment in the police car where you had Jodie Whittaker playing the. The police officer next to Yaz, and he gives a fantastic, and she gives an amazing performance in that as well. Mm. It's really great. And then he, and then the weeping angel in the in the wing mirror and stuff in the rearview mirror. Oh, I was just like, oh, yeah. I loved it so much. You know, so many great little moments in that, which I just thought were fantastic. You know, you we're I think we're also introduced to Bell in that episode, aren't we? Yeah, because this is a very Bell focused episode, mm-hmm. which this is her first introduction, and you're like. Oh, this is ep- yeah. This is episode three, but okay, I'll go with you. You know, it's fine. Yeah. You know, we see the ramifications of flux. You know, we some we see some badly uh, CGI Daleks. <laughs> you know, uh, we see her take on the Santara, not so take on the Cybermen as well, which is a great scene. Mm. I did and, love that little talk she had yeah. with that one, and it's revealed that she is actually Vinda's partner or Vinda's wife. And she is pregnant with Vinda's child. And I don't know about you, but as mm. soon as that was revealed, alarm yeah, bells started ringing. Same. The moment that happened, I was like, oh, um, Vinda, Bell, the doctor is your child. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and obviously, you know, I mean, this is post flux, guys. You know, I mean, don't listen to this. If I mean, if you're this far in and you've not watched flux, I mean, spoilers. It that also, it was a fan theory that at this point has led nowhere. I bet you they bring them back because I cannot see them having Vinda and Bell introduced for nothing. I do not see that whatsoever. Really, I've... really, Robin. At this point, no. I just, I, I want to hold on to the fact that they will come back and that that child of theirs is going to be something more important that's that's my hope anyway and i'm not necessarily a fan of the idea of them being the parents of the doctor but it's the moment that happened i'm pretty sure i messaged you and it was just like yeah it just seems so obvious but the question is is it but especially with the timeless child reveal the last series that was again was the most obvious thing could have been that it's the doctor 
it was very, you know, it's just like, oh no, no, please don't, please don't do it. I don't need to know who. I like the Who part of Doctor Who. Let me keep my Who part. You know, I don't need to know who her mum and dad are. I, I really don't care. You know, it's it's not even that that frustrates me. It's when you change so much of a character's backstory, not even just their backstory, but the backstory of their entire race, and you've taken away. A kind of a mystical fascinating aspect of the time lords who thought were just this interesting omnipotent race of wise people and instead no gene splicing you know yeah. it's just you know uh, rather than it being from them looking into the time vortex or anything which you know that's let's face it there, there's lots of plot holes all over the place in doctor who that yeah, and let's face it, you know, there's an awful lot of child abuse in that timeless children, you know? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, just um, how many kids did she go through? How many times did she, yeah, like, exactly, kid off a know? child? Uh, and let's face it, you know, the tenth doctor describes it as actually dying, you know? So, yeah. Anywho, I'm, back to hey, back to books. Jack, if you don't like uh, child killing, you've got something better to look forward to in episode six, right? Oh, Christ, am I see. Um, uh, but anything yeah. else about episode three you want to discuss? Um, I think, you know, it ends, I think it ends really strong as well. Like, you know, the, the with the angel in control of the TARDIS. Oh. That was such a good cliffhanger, in my opinion. I, I thought it was that. just so brilliant. And just the image there of it was just, oh, yeah. It's uh, or as um, our recent guest said, that kind of break dances on the console. Yeah. With the lights <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks, Mr. Tardis. Yeah. Good yeah. on you, Will. <laughs> yeah. And then that leads us to episode four, Village of the Angels. Which I love this episode. I... I did. The minute I realized it was set in Devon as well, I was like, I'm there for it. I love it. Brill. Weeping Angels. Love it. Creep. Dread. It was, oh, it was so good. The um, atmosphere of this episode and the build-up, like, uh, like so for me, I think episode four was my favorite of Flux. Mm. Like two it's, being it's, my it's really close for me. For me, you know, it's the other way around for me, but it's so close. And I think on any day I could swap it, like literally. I, I could watch either of those two episodes on their own happily. Hell, I know for a fact that I will go back and happily watch all of Flux again mm. over seasons 11, season 12. Yeah, you know, because I, you know, I had a lot of problems with, you know, like the last two episodes, but I still enjoyed the ride. I yeah. really enjoyed the ride. Like, I, I, again, we'll have this discussion after flux but i'm just really curious you know like are we going to get more serialized stories are we going to get more shorter seasons but yeah. bigger budgets well, that's, like... i guess we'll just have to see what russell does won't we because you know the next full series of doctor who we get will be russell to Davis or rtd2 mm. so <laughs> you know ah uh, but yeah episode four this this village beset by the angels and the people just sort of getting picked off one by one and like additional gravestones appearing in the graveyard like oh that so is a good. 
Oh, that is so creepy. That Such is. a good image. And how, you know, there's the little girl who, as soon as I saw the old lady, the, the older actress playing, I was like, that the little girl sent back in time is definitely, yeah, definitely her. And like, what happens to her um, foster parents? I can't remember. Wait. Oh, you know, that's... they're sent back in time and then, you know, both killed by an angel, you know. I'm trying to think, is that the first time we've seen an on-screen death from the angels, or am I, well, am I forgetting? Well, back in, uh, what was it, is it Flesh and Stone or Time of the Angels? I can't remember, but it's, you know, the first Matt Smith one, with the, where he faces the angels back in Series 5, they they break necks, they do. Yes, uh, they break you know. necks. I just, I've never... We've not seen them kill like that before, and I was like, no. "Ooh, okay, yeah." I kind of. I always know. thought that, like, what happens if they keep grabbing you? Like, do yeah. you just continue to go back in time? But it's like, yeah. no, you get it twice, you die. Like that's it. It's like, oh, did. like the grandmother didn't seem that bad. Like I could kind of understand the grandfather getting axed, yeah, but the... yeah. <laughs> and it, we are introduced to Claire again, who's there in the sixties. You know. And we're also introduced to another new favorite supporting character, oh, that being Professor Jericho. Love him. Oh, I love Professor Jericho so much. It's brilliantly acted. Like he gives so much depth to his performance from like the fact that he's kind of this tortured soul, the fact he's come back from the war, and he's kind of got that British mentality of trying to keep up a stiff upper lip and the face of danger mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and oh when he when he had to die in episode six i was like no keep him alive oh, i love it i loved him so much he was so good and in that episode what i love about it is they're there in his house with claire and with the doctor and it is just absolutely set upon like we have never seen the angels in this sort of mass before no, no. and it is terrifying it's oh it's one thing to be kind of like okay we've got to kind of get around them to safety but when you're in a situation where there's no safety whenever it is they are coming for you they are coming to your home which you consider a safe space and they are smashing through the walls like and oh the way they like appear on the tv and oh, start yeah. to communicate with them mess oh with my them. god yeah mess with jericho and then they try to come through because again image of an angel itself becomes an angel so, so and then the drawing as well oh yeah that was so good i was like oh my god the way it like you know pieced back together and like, I, and it's like oh don't worry we just kid it with fire no, that just makes it more horrifying. It just makes it like, oh my god, it twice! It's somehow it twice. <laughs> that was so freaking metal, though. Just a burning oh, angel, no. like. I, yeah. And I love, <laughs> I love that bit how they're going out and they're trying to get out of this like cave part of like, which is just on his house there, and the angels are coming through the walls. They're coming like literally, and like they have to like they can't get out there without blinking, you know. And you have all the great things of like, you know, Claire, the angel being in Claire, in Claire's mind. And you see her wipe her eye and the dust falls out, the stone dust, like exactly what happened with Amy. Yeah. I was like, this is, yes, this is so great. Because this isn't just a, this is just, this is showing what happened before. I'm genuinely building upon it in a great way, 
you know that scene as well where she's standing in front of the mirror and you see the wings come out of her back oh yeah that's like, terrifying oh that's so good i was like I, <gasps> and i love the explanation it's like well hang on why are they still making so much noise why are they trying to cause all this dust in everything it's like well if they get dust in your eye or they make you sneeze you can't keep your eyes open when you sneeze and mm. it's like i'd never thought of that tactic from the angels That's and that so was so cool. cool and i love how you come on that you know yaz and dan obviously sent back in time there's that boundary thing there that they can't go through because it'll kill them or something you know mm. and then you get to the finale episode to the finale of the episode where claire is there the angels are just massed around and the trap has been set for the doctor this entire time all of this was to get the doctor there and to be recalled by division and you have what i think is one of the best cliffhangers in all of doctor who oh it was my favorite in all of flux that's for sure you have the doctor being transformed into a weeping angel into what I'd like to call the Weeping Doctor. Yes. I I love that because when you see the Doctor like that, you just think, how the hell is she going to get out of that? Like, it's not a case of they can just pull something out in the next episode type thing. You generally think, what are they going to do? Mm-hmm. And just as a whole, this whole episode was just brilliantly paced, brilliantly atmospheric. It wasn't... I wasn't trying to do too many storylines either, which I really liked. I think it kind of kept to what it needed mm-hmm, to do mm-hmm, and did it yeah. great. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to kind of talk about. I mean, we got to see a bit more of Belle and her travels. Yeah, travel, a bit more but... of Belle. We had a, we had a strange like, post-credit bit with Vinda, which was really weird. And the fantastic, like, classic Doctor Who music yeah. play. Yeah. Oh. Like I, I like genuinely. I think that will go down as one of the best cliffhangers and endings to a Doctor Who episode in well, all like, Doctor Who. Sure. You know, I I thought that was so fantastic, and it was right. it was so creepy as well. Because like you say, it's like literally, what can they do at this point now? Like, which is you know, which sort of made it. Uh, you know, which sort of made it uh, upsetting that in the next episode it was kind of just undone straight away. Very quickly before that, that image, sorry, I should have mentioned this just before, but how the angels got to Earth, that kind of mass of angels just sort of slammed together. Yeah. Like, oh, that's a really cool, really creepy energy. And I just wanted to say that quickly because just so, so much great imagery in just amazing episode just so good i think it'll go i would i would put it up there in one of my favorite episodes of yeah. like all new doctor who which is so great to be able to say that about a chipnell episode you know i know i know Matt alderson co-wrote co-wrote that one with him and it's the only episode that he had a co-writer on he wrote the rest of them but i'm just like yeah it made me really happy to be enjoying doctor who and yeah so and then you know we we, we don't see much of swarm and azure in that episode if i remember correctly either you know we don't just you know which is again sort of a worrying thing which carries on in my opinion well how about we get into episode five then and what you were saying about the episode five that being survivors of the flux 
It's. I don't know if this. this yeah, this is when it started to fall apart for me. Episode six. So yeah, this this is where things started to fall apart for me because it felt like they were putting a bit too much in. Let me let me let me get to the things I loved about the episode. Okay. Oh no, please, please. Okay, you have Dan, Yaz, and Professor Jericho, Indiana Jones, and their way across the world. Yes. <laughs> loved it. I thought that was so brilliant. You know. I was there oh. for it. I want I want that big finish box set as well of all their oh, that'd adventures. Be cool. That'd you know? be really, really cool. You know, because generally that was just so much fun. And they, you know, they, they meet the, the guy on the top of the you know the mountains in Tibet and like he tells <laughs> them, you know, you need to you need to call your you know, you need to go and get your dog and stuff like that. You know, you have them, you know, painting massive letters by the Great Wall of China for Calvin Easter in the future and stuff. Which is which I love that as well because he's like, you what? Dan is here, you know, Carvinista. Dan is here, and he's like, what? I haven't got time travel. <laughs> can't, <laughs> I can't do anything about that. I, the one bit that was kind of like, mm, I'll allow it, you know, kind of a community meme right there was when they had to use rugs to stop TNT from going off, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry, who win a fight? Um, a mountain range or a pile of rugs. Apparently, pile of rugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and again, this this is what kind of gets me again as well because this is when <laughs> things start to fall apart. We are properly introduced to in episode five another big villain, that being mm. the Grand Serpent, who did appear in episode three in Vinda's flashbacks, and apparently Very Vinda has a history with him. But we are properly introduced to him there in episode five of a six episode series. And it's revealed that he has had a massive influence in the creation and destruction of unit. And again, there were some parts I liked about it. Okay. I like how they basically just made the unit dating conspiracy even more like um even more complicated you know <laughs> yeah i love that i also loved how there's a little bit in the second scene where he's with robert bathurst's like general character and you can hear him talking about a corporal off another scene and you hear nicholas courtney you hear the brigadier's yes. voice That's i was great. like that was such a wonderful little tribute you know i also loved how we get to see yet again we got to see kate stewart Hey, you know, back in there, and I was like, "Yes!" And there's a little reference of her calling Osgood on the phone. I was like, "Oh, come on! Oh, we're gonna see Osgood." We didn't see Osgood, but you know, fingers crossed for future episodes. You know, I think I think Unit are confirmed to reappear potentially in the Centenary episode. So fingers crossed there. You know, I I, I know that there was still some really good stuff in this, and I do really love this kind of history building and sort of going into what made you net I, mm. I was really curious to know your thoughts because obviously you've been with doctor who much longer than i have and you've you know more about unit from past doctor who were you happy with this kind of retcon this change or I, do you think it added to it or i don't i i can't say having finished the series i can't see what it added really 
But in a way, I did like it because it re- was revealed that that's why Unit hasn't been around. That's why back in Resolution, when the Doctor makes the call to speak to Unit, they've been why they've been you know uh, liquidated basically. Mm. Which I was like, okay, that's kind of cool because at the time I was so angry about that. But now it's revealed that that's been the plan all along. That it's been, you know, the Grand Serpent infiltrating, trying to get the Earth ready to be reoccupied by the Santarans. But then it, uh, and then you know, let's not let's not think too much about it because it makes <laughs> your head hurt. Because it's like, but, but, and I feel like I'm I'm repeating like Hugo basically. Going, but but why? But, but why? So, I, it's... yeah. There's a lot to unpack because so much stuff happens in this episode as well. Like I've I've just been going through my notes upon notes upon notes, and it's so hard to do notes for some of these episodes because just so much stuff yeah. happens. It, it kind of felt the last two episodes that Chris got to it and was like, oh shit, I've only got two episodes left. Fuck, 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 fuck. And then was like, you know, having to like furiously type to get everything into the episodes. Because a lot happens both of them. and Azure um are using the people that they've like all the people the hundreds of thousands of millions of people they've captured in passengers to power something. We don't really know what it is, much about it. Uh Vinda gets absorbed into a passenger as well and meets Diane. So cool. Mm-hmm. Um the doctor is revealed to have been brought to the division early in the episode. Um, and there yeah. are some really great there are some good scenes there. I have to go with that. I love the design as well, the tree in the middle of it. And love the, that. And we, and we meet an oud too, you know? I was so happy to have an oud back. Like you know. Oh. I, I did I did just feel like though. Oh I wish it was Brian. <laughs> uh but again, then confirming the fact that um, the old lady is, in fact, this kind of motherly figure that did experiment on her. Mm. And this idea that, you know, how many lives did I have? Was it hundreds, thousands, more? And you just think, oof, I like all those lives taken, especially a lot of them being children's lives. Or just yeah. thinking, like, not happy with that. Really, it's a bit too much child murder for me, you know. And, you know, and I, I, I'm, you know, I think, you know, you know, you know. I, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say it because it's just great general <laughs> gibberish. But no, 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 I'm also a father of teacher. Sure, I shouldn't <laughs> say, but you so. know the one I'm referring to. If you know Dragon Ball Z bridge, you know, like you know. We we do not I, condone that, here, folks. We don't. We do not condone child <laughs> violence. You know. <laughs> That's and that's all I'll say. You can just yes. punch on yourself, guys. <laughs> uh, quickly moving on from that, I have to get this out there. One of my favorite lines from that entire episode was the Ood just saying, "I have no rabbits." I don't know why. <laughs> yes, the way oh, you said that. <laughs> that was so good. And then, oh, okay, okay. Look, we've done we've done a lot of good stuff. We've done a lot of good stuff. Okay. Oh, one more good thing. I thought the visual of the the division, like the station or thing between the worlds or between the universes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a multiverse in Doctor Who now. It'd be great if that was explored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I thought that 
you know that was that was beautiful a beautiful visual i just i felt the whole thing like being like oh yeah i'm in charge of the vision i'm tech tayoon and i was like oh no chris just just don't do it chris just don't do it and i thought you know okay so we're gonna get some actual answers about tanner's child here now she's you know, there's the fob watch there, which obviously we know from Doctor Who being that contains time of memories, you know, that being, you know, for a chameleon arch, you know, we've we seen that all the way back in, you know, series three with the family of blood, you know, uh, with the doctor, yeah. you know, making himself human. And again, we saw it with the master later on there, didn't we? And, you know, we thought, I thought, okay, we're finally getting some consequences here. Swarm and Azure somehow by sacrificing all those people appear at the division. And fucking one shot Tech Tayoon. Yeah. Goodbye, answers. Um, Also, anything else you could have done with that character, like any possible redeeming arcs or reasons for why they did that, like develop it more. You know, yeah, you know, it, it's you know, it's funny as well because it's like it's revealed that the division are you know multiversal, you know, are between the universe and they go into different universes and things like that, which is which could be kind of cool if we that was properly explored or properly developed upon. Hopefully, it will be in later episodes. I also, really or one th- I thought, I thought, you know, it's revealed was it in back in the village of angels that the vision they have they have um agents from every race, yeah. You know? That's cool. I like that idea. I'm like, where, where, what mission are they sending the baby adipose to go and sort <laughs> out? You know, what, what episode do they send the one where it's like red bucket, blue buckets? You know, that that alien. Where are they sending him? You know. I mean, mate, if if they can have division, and if we could bring back the licorice all sorts monster. That would make me happy. But also, you know, do they have a fleet of Zorbalofs just somewhere? Just a load of Peter Case? (laughs) Just, oh no, we we won't pay the actor to come back. We'll just badly CGI cut them out of that episode (laughs) and then copy and paste a bunch of them. Oh God, can you imagine? Like, (laughs) so yeah, there's that. The episode ends then with it being like, oh, is Swarm going to kill the Doctor? And it's like, probably Which, not. No. And then also, you know, them being the Santarans coming through the time portals underneath Liverpool, which Yaz and Dan and uh, Jericho have gone and found now. So, yeah, that's that's a thing, you know. I, I felt they didn't really talk much about those Liverpool tunnels and those portals because they, they're brought up in episode one briefly and we keep seeing William appear yeah. throughout these episodes but he doesn't necessarily like, do, do anything that. really yeah. no he's just like hello i'm william i'm a grumpy old man hello Hi. i'm hello i'm here i'll be back again later i'll appear in this episode i'll appear uh and save dan quickly you know and that was it you know yeah and I then you know and then it's revealed obviously this grand serpent you know tried to kill kate uh stewart as well as you know managed to kill people within unit before it's revealed that his big plan is just he dissolved unit so that the Santarans could invade again okay yeah cool you know you know it's revealed in that episode as well obviously that the flux was engineered by tech Tayun and ood you know at the division which is just you know annoying 
um, and that most of the universe has been destroyed because of the flux. But don't worry, they're, they're going to save the universe, right, Jack, in the next episode. Yeah, so The Vanquishers, which I'll say it now, I think is the best Chibnall finale. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's also a pile of shit. There's, it's really hard to deconstruct this final episode. Because this just is... so much fucking happens. Like uh, th- This is the episode where I stopped taking notes. I had to stop myself every minute to make notes. And I got to a page and a half and I was like, I can't do this. It's stopping my enjoyment of this. It's, it's uh, honest to God, it's the app that I watched it. I was just like, how? And all the way along, I was watching it and I was trying to enjoy it. And I was thinking, okay, I like this bit. Oh, I, I, I really hate that. I, I like, I love that. I hate, uh, how the fuck am I supposed to review this? Mm. Literally. I, I don't know if it's going to hold up better on a second watch, if it's going to. Be even worse on the second watch, right? And this is—it hurts even more because I have loved the hell out of Flux. We both yeah, have. Absolutely I loved think, the ride. Absolutely loved it. I think Chipner has done a great job with a lot of this. I think the production values have been amazing. I've been excited for every episode, um, and this final episode—it's just so much food on your plate. It's it's like it's like Christmas dinner, and you just keep on getting fed, and you just don't. Know yeah, where it, you're gonna... it's like Christmas dinner, which then has all the chocolate and sweets dumped on it. Chocolate, you know? Yes. Oh my god! Right, let's talk about the things we love in this episode. Okay, straight off the bat, I laughed my ass off at that bit. I thought that was so funny. I, I wasn't was... sure how you were going to react to that, to be fair. <laughs> I thought it was absolutely hilarious. I was like, I'm all there for Santarans loving chocolate. And this, this one guy loving chocolate so much. Like, oh, I fucking loved it. Honest to God. Tell me, has anyone yet replaced Augustus Gloop from him? In, like, <gasps> no, but someone needs to. Because oh I want to see that. <laughs> that was uh, literally. I just thought it was. I literally. I I had to pause the episode because I was laughing really hard. <laughs> like I was like, this is just this is brilliant. This is just silly. Great, and I I like Doctor Who being silly. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I I take it you liked it too then. You know? I, I I I did I did, but I was also like, oh, but is Jack gonna like this amount silly, or is he not gonna like it because it sort of makes the sometimes a bit like less intimidating? In some but sometimes but... they fucking are, you know. Yeah, just, like yeah, they're intimidating, but they're also fucking donuts. You know, <laughs> they're potato <laughs> men, you know. Fucking donuts, like oh, what an insult right there. I'm like. <laughs> Okay, I also loved, I loved, it was a multi-doctor episode, Robin. Mm. I loved that. I loved that you had the doctor flipping between the three points there. Like, you know, you had the doctor who was still on division with Swarm and Azure. You had the doctor who was with Easter and Bell. You had the doctor with, mm. you know, with, with Dan, Yaz, Jericho and all that. 
and I loved as well how you know how the doctor that was with Bell and Carvanista. We, we, you know, we need to come up with a way to address all these because they're all. But that one, you know, how crashed the ship into the Sontaran force field there is captured, and I love, I love that the first time we see any sense of like attraction or like flirting from the Thirteenth Doctor, that she's flirting with herself. It's like you know. Oh. Oh, Loki, um, can I borrow your homework? Yeah, sure. Yeah, but, uh... <laughs> yeah, but, but like, like it was in such a tongue-in-cheek way that it was just so yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. And I'm just like, ooh, okay. And again, with stuff later in the episode, I was like, okay, um, yeah. I'm liking this. I like, I'm, I'm all there for, I'm literally, I'm there for, I'm there for Thasmin. I am now. I did not see it coming, but then if you tie it into the fact that Yaz has just been so cross with the doctor keeping secrets mm. you kind of pick up why especially if mm. she cares for her that much and yeah. to have can, that can i tell you now I, i've never wanted a tattoo in my life i want what would the doctor do or wwtd tattooed on my hand oh I, do. I want that there you know that's that's a good one because it's not like an image of something you think oh do i still want this in the future but it's like a little subtle reference that you know people and it's will get. Such basically. a great thing to live by because I let's face it, I think a lot more I think a lot of people could do with acting more like the doctor. Mm. You know. That that's the a lot more people could be acting, you know, less selfishly and more in the better in the interests of people, you know, and, you know, potentially not, you know, doing things like hosting parties during you know, lockdowns and when there's restrictions involved. Mm. Evening, Prime Minister. Topical. Uh... <laughs> that instantly dates the podcast, so. <laughs> oh, mate, we're talking about flux right now, you know. Like, you, you wait, like a year from now, it's going to be like, oh, God, they thought the Doctor was the, um, was yeah. Vin and uh, Vinders and Bell's child when it actually yeah. turned out it was let's, let's it. There's an time. awful, there's an awful lot of stuff which happens in, which has happened in that series, which then is not properly addressed or given a satisfactory conclusion in the Vanquishers. Mm. You know, there's. I I will say off the bat, one of the moments I really didn't like was how they introduce the Lupari. I really want to know more about them. I really want to see them more. And then oh, it's no, just... they're, they're all dead off screen, Robin. Yeah, I hated that. It's like, what? It's like, oh, yeah, we just booted them out of the air shaft. And I was just like, I kind of was expecting them to any second just cut to a really dark shot of, like, thousands of dogs just floating into space. I'd be like, that's a really grim scene. Or like just someone out in the garden somewhere, like looking at the Santarans, and then they're just crushed by the body of a fallen Napari out, <laughs> out of the sky. <laughs> like, I felt so sad for Carbonista. Like, that I did because of that. But also, what killed me was the doctor saying, "Were you my? Were you a? Were you my companion?" And Carvanisa not being able to talk about it because he'll literally die. And it was like, oh my god, that's why he's so—he's a companion that got left behind, you know. But you know what? 
makes that really dark for the Lupari when you remember there's literally one for every single human on Earth. And you think about the population of Earth. Yeah, that's an awful lot of dog murder. Like that's a bit too much dog murder for me. Yeah, like you you talk about child murder. Oh no, it's okay, fans. If you don't like child murder, we've got dog murder here. Robin's there, like you know, I don't condone child violence. I do, however, find it hilarious. (laughs) But dogs. The minute you kill, to be fair, it's true. You know, to be but no, to be fair, if 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 I see you know if if there's child or dog murder in a show, I'm like, nah. I I mean. They could have ended the episode with special guest star like John Wick bursting in and being like, I heard someone kill my Lupari, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But no, it's just I just found that a bit bit of ouch, bit of Uh genocide in my uh, Doctor Who, but uh, what what else should we break down with this episode? Um... Oh god, I don't even know where to go next of it. But like, um, there was just so much, so much happening, and just you know, basically, you know, the the Sontarans won up the Daleks and the Cybermen. The Sontarans basically the biggest villain in this story, in this series, which, which is uh, to be honest, strange. I can totally buy the Cybermen and the Daleks doing that just for survival's sake. You know, because you could easily say that they were going to turn traitor right afterwards and kill their asses, mm. which you know that they would have done. But yeah, like, well played on the Santarin side to just wipe them out. Mm. But like then that. instantly the Doctor rearranges the uh, the the Lupari shield and the Santarans, Daleks and uh, Cybermen forces are all destroyed by the Flux. Oh, well, it's a good thing we'll never see any of them again. Yep, never again. And there's been a big thing about how basically the Doctor commits genocide on all three of those races at once. Oh, I... Yeah, I was so busy thinking about the Lupari, I didn't even think about um, them, yeah. But I, I, I guess I can understand that. But at the same time, they're they're the villain. They're the villain species, you know. I mean, they kind of brought it on themselves as well. Well, yeah, and... just by being Daleks, Cybermen, or Sontarans. But then, you know, I can I can understand it more with the Daleks and um, the Cybermen. But the Sontarans felt a bit more like oh, I don't know. They're you know they've they may be a clone race, but they've all got individual personalities. All got Daleks and Cybermen are just. You know, there's no reasoning with them, you know? Mm. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, and during that as well, Jericho dying just... Oh, I <sighs> hated that. I, I literally was like, no! Yeah, same. I was so gutted by that. But he goes off on such a great line as well. Oh. Just like... um. What an awfully big adventure! Oh my, I, oh, it, it, it gonna make me cry now because it is. It's just oh, amazing! You know, that was good. That was really good. You mm. know, that's it was. You know, it did make me sad though. Like I say, um, we had Vinda and Kate, uh, corner the Grand Serpent. 
I, I honestly, I honestly don't that. know what the Grand Serpent added to the story, though. I think you could have cut out all of his stuff, and it wouldn't have mm-hmm. changed the story. Like and, you could uh, still have this on time. And, that, and the same. And I feel bad because I feel like Bell and Vinda both did great performances, but I don't know what they add either. You know. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong, I thought the shot of the TARDIS materialising inside the passenger and picking up Vinder and Diane was great. Oh, yeah. But I was just there thinking, what's the what's the point of Vinder and Belle? You know? I, I just hated the fact that we've seen the Grand Serpent as someone capable, someone intimidating, who can just make space snakes appear out of you. And it's just two people with guns like if it was a squadron of unit soldiers then i would be more okay with him being like oh well i give up yeah. i'm just gonna go for this you, know, you know the guy he tortures as well the guy that the grand servant tortures to yeah to, to try and find where kate is yeah who the fuck was that yeah just um a random informant that kate had on the inside she, she said that she had informants but it was just like Oh no! What was that his name guy? Again? Yeah, like, who like so like yes that that was annoying. Then okay, so then the you know we have the two doctors who are sorting out those problems there, and we have the other doctor who is with Swarm and Azure. You know, Azure is taunting the doctor with opening the fob watch. Swarm's doing shit with the, with the Ood, and then they end up back on Adropos. Uh. You know, which revealed what Swarm and Azure's plan is. They're gonna set the flux off, then reverse time, then set it off again, then reverse, then that that that's their plan to do that. Mm. And it's like, what? That that's it. Like in a weird, twisted, chaotic, evil way, I can see what they're going for. They're going for just absolute destruction over and over again but also there's the run about there being the war between space and time and i'm like what and it is and and i love high concept sci-fi yeah but but it's it didn't really make sense in what we got if you know what i mean no and it's like i'm trying to defend it because i do love flux um and i do really love um swarm i I was forgetting his name for a second like uh, so the fact that the plan became, oh, we want revenge for these people being wrong on us to, oh, we're just going to do this. It's like, mm, okay. Yeah. But it's just the way that time is just like, oh, I'm just going to wipe you guys out now. Which, and... Yeah, okay. That that's, that brings on something I did like about the episode. We have a personification or of time. Time itself being a character, which is which is something we've actually seen in Doctor Who before, way back in the Virgin New Adventures. It's a concept which is brought up there in that time is an actual entity, death is an entity entity as well. So which is brought back in Big Finish in Master, which is a fantastic uh, story, which you know, which you definitely How, check. Oh, it has been explored before then. Yeah, but obviously not on the main TV show, which is interesting because you know. The whole idea of the timeless child feels very close to the Cartman Master plan, which I've spoken about before. 
which also ties into something called Lung Barrow, which was one of the final Virgin New Adventures ones there, which explained a lot about the Doctor's origins, revealed that he was the child of Leela, a fourth Doctor companion. Oh. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and a Time Lord, and different things like that. Uh, or at least um, his previous incarnation was, like the, the one was the other, and that's whole thing i'm not getting into it right now because if i talk oh, yeah, about yeah. the if i talk about Langbauer, i'm gonna lose my shit but basically old creepy oh. house which we saw old creepy house in a flux so the minute i saw the old creepy house i was thinking oh chris is doing lung barrow went nowhere and as did yeah. flux and azure i was so gutted with them just getting blipped out like that just mm-hmm. poof yeah, like, blip. It was blip. It was blipping, basically. Actually, you think about it. Swarm's power is very, very similar to, uh, you know, to Thanos, to Thanos snapping, isn't it? You know, I, I, I know that we wouldn't necessarily get them as returning villains, and they maybe have to close off their story within Flux and make it a wound story. But it was the fact that we kind of got less of them by the end of the series mm-hmm. that yeah. we've seen them so powerful, so omnipotent yeah. able like, to just and definitely bullets. both of them definitely the standout standout performances of the series I would say. Oh yeah. You know? And it was so like disappointing to see then them just be like oh yeah you failed me you're going to die now. But then at the same time it's funny because Azure is like Ascension she's like happy about yeah, it, like... it, may, it makes me think that maybe we'll see them again at some point and then we'll, we'll get some more answers about them because at the minute yeah. they just feel like what's going on, you know? You know what? If we get that, I'll be happy because I, I could see it in a twisted way that them being vaporized like that is kind of something that they would be happy about. I, uh, it's yeah, yeah. Um, then time takes sorry you go ahead if you want to you, you no no I, I was gonna say them then time does indeed have a conversation with the doctor yeah and she takes on the form of the doctor again 13 in the blue coat um i love it i'm there for it mm. right there and you know the do- and time says that you know you know your story's gonna end soon basically you know no regeneration Correct. no life Beware of the forces mass against you <coughs> and their master. And I was like, uh, okay, well, obviously the master's coming back. And the doctor's like, what? What did you say? What do you mean? I don't know anyone called the master. What? And it's like, oh, okay, great. Okay, so obviously they're setting up a final confrontation with the master for 13. Okay, you know. But yeah, and I was a bit like, oh, and it's like you know, no, you know, your you know your death's coming soon, basically. And I did feel a bit like, okay, um, come, come on, Chris, we're spinning the wheels here, we're rehashing old ground. We did this with the tenth Doctor. We did this with eleven. We did this with twelve. You know, we we you know, let's face it, the the tenth Doctor arc of knowing he was to you know he was going to regenerate soon and the whole he will knock four times and the whole you know your song is ending soon 
that was done so well that you know, I liked when Moffat did it with with eleven. He did it less so with twelve. You know, the hybrid arc or what have you. Mm. But can showrunners just stop doing the oh doctor, doctor, you're gonna die soon? Can we stop that? You know, it's there's other ways of doing it. That's for sure. And the the way the tenth doctor did it, and I know some people don't like the knock. But when I finally heard that knock, that was a real heartbreaking thing. That was my moment of, okay, I'm losing tenant now. But yeah. um, for them to keep doing this, it does kind of... It, it's a good storytelling mechanic because it forces the character to have to accept the, the stages of grief, to have to go through them, to see the character evolve. But... I'm concerned about what we're going to get in terms of this Doctor's story arc. Because so much of the Doctor's story arc has been their identity, finding out who they are, finding out that the past isn't what they think it is, and them trying to find out what it was. And for them to now have this pocket watch, but not to have looked at it yet. I don't mind them not checking it yet. You know, there's room for them to explore another story. I found it was very annoying. I found it very annoying. The yeah. only reason I say that is not because I'm not necessarily annoyed like everyone else. It's because that episode already felt so bloated and mm. I didn't want it to be rushed in an already bloated episode. Like I didn't want to have a two minutes to quickly force feed you her backstory. Yeah. I'd rather have an episode. Do you know so what? That's, that's how I'm trying to explain it. Yeah. If that Do you makes know what? Sense. As much as I loved it, I felt like you could have lost the Sontar and stuff. Yeah, because you know, we got that in episode two and their return did feel a bit... Oh, okay. well, yeah, because it just made... Again, it was... Isn't it funny that basically the Santarans were the biggest threat in that in that entire series? Because everyone... Yeah, like it's always been Daleks and Cybermen as the top dogs. And to have these villains that you can kind of make fun out of with their chocolate sections to finally be the ones who actually get the last laugh during the flux, like... Okay, yeah. Um, it's it is a odd one this final episode. I... Mm. And then you know we don't even have an address of what happens, what's been happening with the TARDIS. Bell and Vinda just go off. Carver Vanista just goes off. Kate just goes off. You know. Do you think they're planning to set up like? A Doctor Who verse trying to do oh, other. I, I don't know because it's because it's strange because like like Chris is obviously Le- Chris Chibnall's obviously leaving after the next three episodes and we're having Russell and I don't see him carry on Chris's ideas into his era and being like like I don't see him being like oh right um Doctor Who series and you know I think I think we can already assume that there's going to be like some sort of Who universe. Uh, you know, like, you know, MCU style universe where he's doing mm. other shows like he did back in the day. I don't see him being like, oh, yeah, um, here's your Vinder and Bell show. You know, I don't even see I don't see him being like, here's your Carvin Easter show. Which I would totally watch, but uh... <laughs> yeah, oh, um, hell yeah, you know. I mean, uh, so personally, personally, I just want give me more time with the Fugitive Doctor. That's what I want. Hmm. You know, that is actually something I'd like. And this is this is why I'm saying 
I'm glad you didn't open up to watching this episode just because I want it properly explored. I want it to be like, okay, have us care for this new direction. Have us care for this retcon. You, if you're a competent enough writer, you can write this in a way that makes us go, you know what? I'm actually agreeing with the fact that the Time Lords ain't who they used to be. But give us an episode for it. Don't force it into an episode where we already have to digest so much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, And so I'm super curious what they're going to do for the last three episodes. I know the next one is a Dalek one. I have no idea what the other two are about. What yeah, the- either the Daleks. And i got to say, I'm interested in it. It looks like Groundhog Day with Daleks. Which is it? awesome concept yeah and i i really like the the new design as well I, i'm not so so big on the plunger not being there but i love the gatlin gun on the dalek gun and I'm, I'm 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 so there for that like that that just seems really cool like you know like unnecessary but really cool i was gonna say that they're already kidding you at a single hit like <laughs> but sure it just looks cool rule of cool get i'm down for that oh um, yeah totally yeah but but yeah, we don't get an explanation of, you know. You know, Dan tries to go and see Diane and she's Oh, I did not like that. I understood it. You know, I felt like she she'd obviously gone through trauma, you know, being kidnapped by them. You know, and I know people could argue that he spent three years back in the past trying to do stuff, but he was on an adventure really. She was just, you know. Fair, okay, because that's my defense for Dan was he was three years of adventuring, but she was basically in purgatory, and yeah. Vinda was like the first person she met to have yeah, a conversation. Exactly. And you know, and I, the only thing I would say, I don't, I didn't think it was fair that she was like you were late, you know, because he was literally taken off. He literally couldn't have done anything about that situation. It it hurt more when you remembered Dan's backstory about the fact he was engaged yeah. and his would-be wife, like, dumped him, like, two yeah. days before the wedding. Like, jeez, this guy can't catch a break, which... I know, I know. And then, yeah. But then, you know, it ends with, you know, with with the Doctor and Yaz being there and offering... offering Dan the opportunity to travel with them. Damn straight. And I'm like, oh, I love that. And I love their dynamic as well. You know, mm. and you know, again, they're really, you know, I'll be honest, there was a bit where I was like, holy shit, they're at, like 13 and Yaz are gonna kiss. They're going to. And then Dan interrupted. <laughs> like, dude, it wasn't a what if, like you could slice that sexual tension with a knife, you could. like. Mm. And again, I'm there for it. I, I, I'll i totally mm. take it. You know, I, I feel like it's definitely more one-sided. You know, I think it would be. But, you know, there have been a lot of moments this series. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, you know, like uh, Yaz playing back the, the Doctor's hologram recording, you know, over and over. And mm. yeah, you know, it can't, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. And then, you know, but, you know, like I say, not so enamored with that final episode. I felt it lo- it left a lot more questions and it didn't wrap things up, I think, in a satisfying way. Some of it felt quite anticlimactic, I felt, personally. But, you know, I know other people did enjoy it. And if you did, just like the time as children, power to you. You know, it just wasn't there. But I can genuinely say, as a whole, 
I really enjoyed the series. And I didn't feel, even though I was less satisfied with the final two episodes, I didn't feel that it ruined the experience for me. You know, even though they doubled yeah. down the time as child, but then didn't fucking explain anything about it again. Oh my god. <laughs> I I think overall Flux has been fantastic. I mm. I think at least as you said, four of the episodes were great, two of them were kind of the downhills. And you know what? I think if they could look back at what they've done right with this, I think we could see some incredibly promising. Yeah, and I think I think you know I think people are assuming that the neck that the final three episodes are going to be standalones. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually weaved in a lot more of the narrative than you know, you know, because they got we got the, we got the New Year's Day one that being Eve the Daleks. We got whatever happens for Easter. I think is going to be the next one, and then we have got the Centenary Special. You know, the hundred years of the BBC episode, which will be on. Whenever that's on, and then oh. that'll be it for this era of Doctor Who. And I and I can genuinely say I'm going to miss Jodie Whittaker. I am going to miss her as the Doctor. I really am because I think she's fantastic. And this series proved it. Mm. Like, yes, in my mind, I was like, she is, she is the Doctor, whether you like it or not. <laughs> I she really does add something to the character, and I think. Flux has given her that opportunity to really show that. And we've had those incredibly fun moments from the very first scene of the very first episode, her and Yaz's escape, that high energy, that was fantastic, and her ways of getting out situations, oh, yeah. her the, moments of strength. You know, the, the release and the release. <laughs> <laughs> I, overall, yeah, I'm incredibly happy with Flux and mm. I'm looking forward to watching it again and mm-hmm. I'm definitely really looking forward to the New Year's special, which we'll have to discuss when that comes out. Oh yeah, definitely. Eve the Daleks looks fun, you know. Right, if you're going to rate the episode, if you're going to rank them, sorry Robin. Oh no. Okay. Should I do mine and you can think about yours? Well, are, are yeah. you doing it as a whole? I'm or... I'm just ranking the episodes, like, you know, of the series. I'm not giving a score. Because I feel like we could do that when we finally get around to doing, like, a 13th Doctor retrospective in maybe five or six years. Because, <laughs> 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 you know. Okay, so, my favourite episode of the series. You know, I'll start, I'll start at the top and work my way down, okay? Sure, sure. For me, top is... You know, I've, I've changed my mind over the course of this podcast. My, oh, top, no. is, my top is Village of the Angels. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's Go my top. <laughs> then very close, like it's touching it, is War of the Suntarans. Mm-hmm. Then I would go um, Halloween Apocalypse. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I would go Once Upon Time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then Survivors of the Flux. And then lastly, right at the bottom is The Vanquishers. To be fair, so when you were saying like how you were going to rank them, I was thinking like, oh, you're going to do like out of 10. But no, it's clear that you've done them in the order of best. And yeah, because I, I feel it's difficult to rank these episodes like or give them a rating each because it is all one story, you know. So I feel like I would have to give a rating to the whole series. And if I'm going to do that, I would say I think the whole series is like a 7, 7.5. Mm, I'd. I was having this debate with myself just before we did this podcast because I was like, 
I generally have enjoyed Flux so much and mm-hmm. I've enjoyed it so much more than seasons 11 and 12. It's mm-hmm. for me going from I've not enjoyed a lot of Doctor Who recently to yeah. I've loved this. Like I was going to give it a seven, but I feel like if I gave it a seven that I would disagree with myself in the future. So I'm actually going to give it a bit higher at like an eight out of 10 because I That's still fair. enjoy the wide and i still mm. loved so much out of it as for yeah i think i enjoyed a lot more thinking about it retrospectively i enjoyed a lot more than i disliked you know as a whole yes so. which i think if you can take that away from a story that's the most important thing mm. i i don't think any story doesn't have its flaws but did you enjoy the wide oh uh, well i mean midnight obviously has no flaws so oh sorry um except for midnight all stories have their flaws um <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but not to sound like i'm literally copying your homework but i honestly i think that's my episode order as well because mm. like i love the angel episode i'm not just gonna pull like a oh actually i've changed my mind now and it's the sort of like no 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 sometimes was a close second that first episode was a white banger got you right back into doctor who got you right into the flux mood and then then yeah it is very much the yeah. the fillery exposition episodes that follow after follow yeah by. that's the thing that's the if if once upon time i had had more fugitive doctor then it probably would be higher if the episode itself had just been fugitive doctor i would have it potentially as my favorite episode right my thing though is i felt like three and five were both exposition episodes and i just felt like if we just had one exposition episode and we cut out the grand serpent then we could have had more time to develop swarm and just sort of build up this real good ending and you know know. maybe we could have had that time to have opened up the watch then but Mm -hmm. um Mm As it is, no Grand Serpent. Oh, he's a guy who can defend himself, but he's just going to get led onto an asteroid and left there. Yep. Great. Right. I don't know, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he came back as well. Mm. Like, but the thing is, I just don't know because Chipnell, he loves the expedition. He loves the, he loves the tell note show for a lot of the case, you know, which is I think is you know you, you know you can see it from the Lupari thing, you know. I know it'd be dark to show it, but it's just a bit like oh okay, just they just got all killed, got killed off screen. Okay, cool. And then you've also got the you know you've got he has an issue with wrapping up stories that everything feels a bit too manic with the pace or like you know I just looked at something like you know a story like Can You Hear Me, where it's like you know you have these two like elder gods facing the Doctor. And it's just whoop defeated. Yeah, it's he loves to bring up questions, and then like for every answer that's told, we get two new questions, and then but, sometimes we don't mm, get those answers. And that's and... that's what worries me when we've only got three episodes left of his era. I think of it like as a story standpoint, I feel like the next episode of the Daleks is just going to be a fun one because it's right after Christmas. Yeah, and it, it's kind of funny as well because it's like, oh, okay, that, that's that's his thing. We've, we're getting Dalek episodes for New Year's, you know. Okay, fair enough. 
you know, we've got, we have, you know, it'll be our third one, our third New Year's special about Daleks. It's fine. Hmm. You know, I'm all then, for that. I'm just thinking, because if it's just a fun, dumb Dalek episode, yeah, then that leaves us with two episodes. And yeah. unless they're like hour and a half specials, then that's a lot of stuff to answer. Yeah. And I'm not sure we're going to get all those answers. I, that's why I wouldn't be surprised if they actually tied some stuff into the other two episodes rather than just being standalone fun episodes. So I think they really be, you know, painting themselves into a corner at that point, to be honest. So things are, and you know what? I'm kind of upset that Jodie never got a Christmas episode, you know? Oh, shoot, she hasn't. Yeah. I'm oh, kind of she like, could have had so much fun with that. Like, literally, I think she would have, you know, she would have been a great doctor for a Christmas episode. But it is what it is. Like I say, hopefully when Russell T. Davis comes back, we get Christmas episodes again. You, you know what? Have her come back with the next Doctor's Christmas special. Like, have a, have a giant Christmas box, and when the, doc, the new Doctor unwraps it, she pops out, and she's like, who are you? I have the doctor, and then you have like a doctor, doctor's Christmas special with them mm. trying to save Christmas or that something. I don't know. That sounds <laughs> that sounds fantastic, man. Genuinely, really, really good. Um, so yeah, I guess my thing about you know is I am now Chibnall good, Chibnall good, you know, Chibnall, Chibnall fine, you know, Chibnall passing grade, you know. Like we've got three more episodes, you know, we can. We can leave it on a great note. You yeah, know, and I thinking... really, I really hope we do. You know, I really hope we do. Like I say, Flux was so much fun. It really was so much fun. It was great to just be enjoying watching Doctor Who again. You know, and you know what? Those of you listening, tell us your thoughts. Tell us if you agree, if you disagree, if you think the story is going to go in a different way, or if you maybe thought like your own theories and why you didn't think that it was going to go the way it did. Like we want to hear your discussions, like as like fellow Doctor Who fans and people who are excited to see what's coming out for the next finale three episodes. Yeah, exactly right, man. Exactly right. Yeah. And please do, please, you know, please go on to follow us on the Twitter and, you know, let us know your thoughts on different things. Like, you know, we really appreciate that, you know, um, Robin, is there anything more you want to say about Flux that you can think of? Flux good. Flux good. <laughs> yeah, Flux good. Uh, Flux good. Flux Flux chocolate. 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 <laughs> chocolate. That that's gonna be that's gonna be us on Christmas Day, just with Literally. our quality street or our celebrations. Just... Or heroes. I'm all about the yeah. heroes personally, yeah. Um, you know, it'll oh, just be chocolate. <laughs> Whiskey question. Do bounties deserve to be in the tin? Fuck no. So uh, that was our episode today. Um, <laughs> no, fuck, fuck bounties and fuck topic. Oh, you speak no. in there. And I'm, I missed the, I missed the galaxy truffle. <laughs> okay, fair enough. That deserved to come back. That yeah. is a beauty right there. Right, okay. Robin, <laughs> would you like a cannon buster? Would you like a... Christmassy themed cannon buster. Oh, an early Christmas present. Yes, please. Yes. Okay, so this comes from the first short story in this, The Wintertime Paradox by David Dave by Dave Rudden, which again I really recommend. I've read the first couple stories in it, I think it's fantastic. The first one, Robin. Oh yes. Which is titled 
He's behind you. Now, what do you think that could be a story about? Is it a pantomime by any chance? In this story, the 10th Doctor, newly regenerated, takes Rose to see a pantomime about the Time Lords. Oh, no, he doesn't. Oh, yes, he does. (laughs) I just turned to the page now. Yeah, so... What's great about it as well is it starts the, the, the first line. Just listen to this, Robin. Okay. It is said in the dark corners of the universe that the fury of a Time Lord could burn worlds. Like, and that, that really fits the, uh, you know, the Tenth Doctor, doesn't it? You know? Yeah, so the yeah. Doctor, again, newly regenerated, takes Rose off to see a, a pantomime called the Saga or the saga, sorry, of the Time Lords. This Christmas, an ancient species rises, thrives, and passes into legend before your very eyes, or equivalent sensory organ. No interval. <laughs> and he's, he takes her to see this pantomime about the, the Time Lords. They have some little funny jokes in there about um, the Hand of Meg. Obviously, you know, they've got it wrong. It's supposed to be the hand of Omega, but, you know, yeah. they've just done Meg. You know, you've got Rassel on appears in it as well. Um, it's just so, it's so funny. And then it's real as well, Robin, that it's all a trap. Oh, okay. It's a trap. And the thing that's behind you is the nesting consciousness. It's the Autons. No. Yeah. Okay. The Autons have put on this show and it's revealed that all the people there, all the actors in it, all the stagehands are actually like sleeper agents. And the minute the Doctor and Rose get there, because Rose has just absorbed the time energy, they think that she's a Time Lord and they are instantly waking out of this sleeper thing as she's there. Ah, and it's it's a really fun story. It's really cool. I definitely check it out, guys. It's so much fun. I love pantomimes. That is my Christmas tradition to see one every Christmas Eve. So that sounds like a story right for me. But I just love the idea that the tenth Doctor as well, like he basically takes Rose on their sort of like first date <laughs> to go and see a pantomime about the Time Lords. Which let's face it. He would probably pick apart because, like, oh, that's not right. Oh no, God, that's not true. No, well, you know, it's kind of well. that, you know. But I'm I'm imagining this would go like um the play that they do in Avatar with uh, <laughs> just like really poorly told story. I know I'm too bending. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, that- that sounds like, so. Uh, well, I will say one thing I really love about it though is they talk about it being like this massive, like massive, massive theater where people can watch it, what have you. They talk about how to get to your seats, you're teleported to your seats to save you from like you know walking across or stepping over people. I'm like, yeah, I'm there for it. That's that's a really cool idea, actually. <laughs> I mean, it certainly saved me the whole trouble of oh, you're in my seats and. Oh god, now I have to move past this. Exactly, yeah. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, just a fun little one that the tenth doctor took Rose to see a pantomime about the time lords. That is absolutely fantastic, Jack. And a, a nice Christmassy 
way to end this yeah. episode. Yes, we'll just have to ramble that up as well, you know. Uh, stay tuned for more Christmassy themed cannon busters um, as we go through in our run up to Christmas now. Uh, we will at some point be talking about and ranking the, t- the Doctor Who Christmas specials, which I can't wait oh, for. That That's going to be a fun one. That's yeah. definitely going to be fun. Well, apart from that, please check us out on Twitter at AnAwful. I'm on Twitter as well as AnAwfulJack. <laughs> uh, yeah, I changed it recently from SparkNight1991 to just be like some brand sort of, you know, um, synergy really so i'm an awful jack on twitter check us out please send feedback please follow please subscribe and give us a rating if you can on any podcast it really does help us out and yeah thank you so much for listening thank you robin for being here ah oh, thank you jack this has been a banger of an episode yeah you know it's isn't it isn't it great that our last episode we were talking about you know current doctor who air you know the most recent series of doctor who that was at the time to now, you know, we finish that in such a dark place, to finish in this one yeah. in such a happy place and be like, you know what? All in all, I can enjoy most of the positives and take it from there. I just, I want this to continue so badly. I want New Year's to be good. Please be good. Yeah. I just want, I always want Doctor Who to be good. So fingers crossed. Robin, thanks so much for joining me. I've been Jack. He's been Robin. Ciao for now. Later.